are Yo, you? what's how, up? How are you? I'm doing well. How about yourselves? You know, I am rested. I am relaxed. Uh, that was a uh, phenomenal, phenomenal uh, vacation. A nice, uh, nice uh, run around the countryside of West Texas and uh, Eastern New Mexico. There, up. Uh, yeah, how was that? Was we, that was that fun? It was fun. We uh, went and explored some caverns, uh, which was uh, which was a good time. Uh, I need to get off of this because all these websites are so bright. They're like making me. Yeah, you're uh, you're a little flush right now. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> not much I can do about that. My uh, my giant ass TV over here is uh, is is making me very flush. But other than that, yeah, it was good. It was uh, it is awe inspiring the the amount of land one uh, that the U.S. has. Two, especially you know, sure. we we think of, we you know we 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 live inside of our we we live inside of these little bubbles that are our uh are that are our personal spaces right and then we get outside of them and especially because we drove everywhere right we didn't fly to some place we didn't go somewhere else we we drove out uh for eight hours and we were literally in the same state um we never left texas in that time uh yeah that's, was, that's absurd which is crazy to think, um, but you get outside of, you know, you get outside of where I live in central Texas and out uh, a little bit west, and there's just, I mean, just nothing. I mean, we were deep in west Texas oil country, so that was kind of crazy to see all of that still going on. But then yeah. we uh, ultimately we ended up in Carlsbad, New Mexico, to check out the cavern there, and it is just, uh, uh, I'll post some pictures on Twitter and whatnot, but just if you haven't been there, I mean, that and the Grand Canyon and all that stuff, because I'm kind of an outdoorsy person to begin with. Uh, but even when I get out in the hill country to some of my buddy's ranches and things like that, it's still just that that pales in a comparison to this cave that we literally spent five hours in walking around. Um, yeah, yeah, that's, that's awesome. That's how much I mean, that's how vast this thing is. And it's just so incredible to you know witness the nature of what. Uh, we have all over this country, but then also to see something like that, it just makes you realize uh, just kind of how little we are, how little you are in the grand scheme of things. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, nothing like a little bit of inspiring wonder to start your, yeah, not to start your week, but rather to, you know, be a part of your week. Yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah, good stuff, man. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess you are probably pretty excited for Red Dead then, spending so much time mm-hmm. in America's uh, mm-hmm. countryside. Yeah, we got and a that's new- a good way to that's like a good way to roll into the first bit of news. By the way, welcome to Bounty Board, everybody. If you didn't know, or a little gaming podcast, uh, <laughs> which if you're just not listening, you probably wouldn't know because we were talking about caves and shit. That's fine. Uh, but it is Friday, August tenth, uh, and we're completely you know organized before you know twenty minutes after we said we would start. So we're in a good mood. We're in a good mood right now. Bonkers. It's yeah. bonkers that we're actually live when we said we were going to be live. Right? It's weird. Yeah. So you spent some time in the Texas countryside, and that's mm-hmm. only a fitting transition into the Red Dead Redemption 2 gameplay that came out this week. What yeah. you think about that? I, I was, uh, I sat down and I watched it, and I just, uh, I walked outside of my hotel and looked around and was like, I'm actually standing where this game takes place. Like <laughs> You like, walked outside and went, uh, yep. Literally yep, that's it. <laughs> 
the only <laughs> thing to see really in Carlsbad, New Mexico, where uh, we were in the cavern, especially south of town where the cavern is, I mean, there's nothing, right? You've got, you're, you're in the foothills of the Guadalupe Mountains, which in and of them to themselves are foothills of the Rockies. Uh, you're in the very northern part of the Chihuahuan Desert. Um, and it's just, I mean, there's just nothing. Uh, if you close your eyes and there's nobody around, it's just dead silent. And it's just, it's so, sounds, it's so it sounds awesome. terrifying. Yeah. It's, <laughs> and then when you get down in the cave, it's so quiet down there that the, the, uh, the ranger before you, cause it's a self-guided tour. Um, this cave is so big that once you get down halfway through the entrance, there is an elevator above you've already walked for an hour, right? to get to that point an yeah. hour and a half to get to that point there's an elevator that you can ride up if you don't want to see the rest of the cave and there's a gift shop and a snack bar that they've built underground and you are almost a thousand feet underground right there uh it's just that's outstanding. it's bonkers that's outstanding um, um so but yeah like red dead gameplay came out this week yeah god that how'd that make you feel uh that game is just gonna be hours if you could hours you, and hours Oh, I can't. Oh, I can't wait. Give me your two favorite parts of the trailer because I can give you my. Uh, I'll go first just so Got you it. know what where I'm coming from. Um, number one, and uh, I'll leave the best for last. So the first one's not my favorite favorite. The first one I'll bring up, though, is the um, the turnaround he did on his horse mm -hmm. into like a full gallop. Mm -hmm. It was awesome because turning horses in Red Dead Two was maybe or Red Dead One was maybe the only thing I really hated because they don't turn around like that. Nope. Um, it's a nitpicky thing, but like man, watching that horse kick out its back feet as it basically drifted, yeah, <laughs> like the old school version of drifting. Yep. Um, and then after that, and this one by far outweighs the first. There's a moment in that trailer. It's very short where he draws and shoots a guy on his porch who then falls backwards and shoots up into the ceiling and then birds jump off the roof. Yep. And it's at night and it's dark. So you can only see the muzzle flashes. Yep. But there's so much mood in just that like two second clip. I was like, yep, this is it. I'm done. Like, Ugh. yeah, it was, it was that. And then there was uh, the, the one part of the trailer where he like bursts out of the door and you go into the kind of bullet time mode. And it's just, you know, oh yeah, everything. Just wham, wham. He's got the he's got the Winchester, and it's just the the old bolt action. It's just ba doom, ba doom, ba doom, and then everybody's like scattering. Uh, and I think some of the core like gameplay mechanics that they entered in. I think it's just, you know, Rockstar. We've talked about it before. Does such an amazing job with um, moment to moment gameplay in a world uh, and creating worlds that are just unbelievable. Um, yeah, in, in everything that's amazing. Have. Yes, uh, it's gonna be a great game. Yep. And there are already people. As soon as the trailer came out, they were like, "Sorry, Fortnite, you had a good year." Uh, I don't know if it's gonna derail Fortnite because that's a completely different uh, ordeal. But for RPGs alone, for sorry, this is gonna be a part of the conversation tonight. For adventure games alone, it's gonna be something outstanding. Uh. But for the game industry as a whole, I think it's going to raise the bar on what people yeah, should think, do. Yeah, I think I think they they raise the bar every time they want they release a game, right? I mean, it's just crazy. Yeah. No, they don't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What Rockstar is capable of doing, uh, and what they do in arguably tech that is 
um, old at this point, you know? I mean, maybe. They've been working on this for so long that, yeah, it's they've gotten used to it, right? They yep. they learned how to do it. Yep. Yeah. That, oh, that, there's literally in this news link for Red Dead, there's literally a gif of this turnaround with the horse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was, I was so noticing exciting. that. Um, yeah, I think some of the gifs uh, in, in the thing where, you know, the one where he's tackling the guy and it just shows the hand-to-hand combat is just uh, unreal. Yeah. And... Um, did you see John Marston and Abigail and Jack sitting around the fire in I the did. trailer? Yep. Oh, man. Yeah, I think the whole premise of this game is super interesting because, you know, it's kind of the death of, you know, kind of the death of the outlaw, right? Um, yeah, yeah, because you know, Red Dead 1 was post the death of the outlaw. Like, yep. the law had moved in and marshals and all that stuff. Yeah, this, and this, before that. this one is kind of your, um, kind of your, you know, kind of holding on to a way of life and you know to use a use an expression for one of my favorite series of books uh you know uh, the dark tower where uh, the world has moved on from this style of life and it, you're, it's starting to move into the you know more civilized i mean if you can call our world this day civilized but move into the more you know civilized uh, you know turn of the century uh the other yeah, gift... more, more civilized is getting shot by outlaws mm-hmm. The other gift well... that i really like in that part of the trailer is when he's running and he's going for he goes from like shooting at somebody with a sidearm to the sh- two sh- blasts with the shotgun, oh, yeah. the one on the shoulder yeah. and then the one from the hip. And it's just like, uh, all of it. Yeah. He's got like the shotgun mm-hmm. down at his waist and his left hand and he's shooting with the sidearm and then he puts it away and bam, bam. Yep. Yeah. Oh, it's, I'm it's, it's super pumped. Yeah. It's going to be gross. Yep. I can't wait to see what they get when they get into the multiplayer because I can't wait to play that game with you. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's gonna. Be I know great. we'll be at a party playing it at the same time, regardless. But I'm excited to see what they do for the multiplayer, mm-hmm. and I'm excited to see if they're able to do anything close to what they did with the first uh, or with the GTA's multiplayer. Yeah, it'll I mean, be, it's gonna be difficult, yeah, but right, who knows? You know, and you know, I don't want to jump too far ahead of in our conversation tonight, but I would imagine that we're gonna just this is it, you're gonna be hard pressed to have another game beat this out for game of the year. Um, I think every yeah. time Rockstar releases a game, it's, uh, you know, it is game of the year material, like just from the pre-hype and everything that's going on with it. Sure. Yeah. Um, they haven't made anything that's been bad for a very long time. Nope. Uh, all right. So moving on to the next news part, and we'll obviously come back to Red Dead at some point in this conversation, as you brought up. Uh, some quick news stuff that we can kind of rifle through real quick. QuakeCon's going on, so there's a lot of Bethesda stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, I grabbed the most pertinent information, I think, and that's that Doom is coming to Switch as well when it comes out, which is yep. a big deal, Doom Eternal, the sequel. At the same time, today they announced that Rage and Doom, the first titles in each of those uh, now games with a sequel coming out, are now available on Xbox Game Pass. Not in a couple days, not in a week or a month, today. Mm-hmm. So you can, if you haven't played Doom, which I'm one of those people, I played it for a couple hours. I didn't finish it. But if you didn't play Doom, you can jump into Xbox Game Pass and play that, yeah. as well as The First Rage, which as as muffled as the reception was for that game, it was still really solidly built and had some really good characteristics to it. It just, people had played uh, Borderlands already, so they were like, oh, it's just... Yeah, and a I think bleak, it, bleaker borderline. The the original rage was in a weird spot, right? Because they they 
Sure. They brought it out and the marketing was kind of weird for it. And I, I, I think to your point is it was, it was so muddled by because we had such high expectations with uh, what um, Borderlands was and everybody was expecting that and it just didn't have the same charm or the wit and it was just kind of a flat gameplay experience. Uh, right. I'm, def- I'm definitely going to go play it again because I want to see what they do. You know, I, I want to play through it again just because I didn't give it a real good shake on the first one before the second one comes out, um, which seems to have a little bit more charm. Um, but we'll, we'll yeah. see. We'll see. It'll be interesting to find out what exactly uh, comes of it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Also, um, from Bethesda, Elder Scrolls Online Wolf Hunter got a release date. I don't know if you're still into ESO, or I know we were talking about getting into it because it's like free with Game Pass now. But Wolf Hunter seems like it is a werewolf mm-hmm. DLC. Uh, it got a, it got a date, so it's coming out on the 13th on PC and the 28th on consoles. Yep. So ESO fans are going to be excited about that. Anyone who hasn't played, yeah, ES- ESO is fun. I just it it's a matter of time with those. We've talked about this a lot, right? It's, you know, I was on, you know, like I was on vacation all this week and then, you know, next week it's going to be, you know, my stream schedule is going to be all messed up because I'm going to be getting back into work. And, you know, I checked my email today sure. on my phone just to hit the app. And I, uh, there are, uh, 436 unread emails from the <laughs> time I was <sighs> out of the office that I'm going to go through. Uh, and I'm going to end up spending my Sunday afternoon checking out all of those, but, you know, Fun. Uh, such is life. Such is life. Yeah. I mean, yeah, gross. Uh, next news story. This one's a little bit even more obscure. Game Maker Studio 2 is now officially supporting Switch with its export button. So that just means that more people making games on the indie level that had a hard time porting things over now can just hit the export button as a Switch dev file. Yeah, I think that's... Rather a- than- I, oh yeah, it's huge. I don't think that's a bad thing. I think uh, it, it it lends credence to consoles and devices are going to become just a preference in how you want to control the game, uh, and then the games are going to be, you know, kind of agnostic as far as what the console is. I think we're finally getting to the point from a technology standpoint, especially in you know the next generation, uh, and then even the generation we see after that where. It's it doesn't matter anymore. You're okay. I want to play on. I I prefer the way Nintendo's controllers feel in my hand. That's fine. I'm gonna be able to play with my Microsoft friends. I'm gonna play with my Sony friends. Uh, it, it doesn't matter. That's all. And I think yeah. uh, when that happens, it's gonna be, uh, it, it's just gonna be awesome. Yeah, it's gonna be great. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. You know, uh, maybe in like ten years, but it'll mm-hmm. happen. Uh, and then the final news story, wrapping up the news segment of this, which has gone a little... No, it hasn't even gone. No, no, what we're, I'm talking about. we're good. I apologize for almost apologizing. Don't apologize. Uh, apologize. Super Smash Bros. had a... Oh, wait, I won't. I didn't. I take it back. <laughs> Super Smash Bros. had a Nintendo Direct on Wednesday this week, I believe. Mm-hmm. And they announced some characters. And the uh, most important of those being Simon Belmont and Richter Belmont from Castlevania, yep. which is kind of cool. Yep. Um... There's some some questions going around as to whether or not Luigi died in the Super Smash Bros. trailer. It is hard to tell for sure what happened, but boy, it sure looks like he died. That's not really important, though. The news part is uh, we get Krom, Dark Samus, King K, uh, I'm sorry, King K Rule from Donkey Kong, 
uh, and Simon and Richard Belmont. Uh-huh. Richard. I said Richard. Richter. I'm looking at it. Richard. And I said Richard. Richter. Tomato. Tomato. You know, whatever. Tomato. Tomato. Really. Yeah. yeah. Tomato. Yeah. Tomato. It's, it's just you know whatever you choose to say, it, that's what works. It works. But yeah, that's uh, that's it for the news. So earlier, uh, Eric, you brought up that there's a good chance that Red Dead Redemption Two will end up in the contention, if not on top of everybody for I think game of the year this year. I think it's already locked up. I think just mm, you know, interesting. I I don't see. I mean, Assassin's Creed, maybe. Um, I don't think Assassin's Creed is gonna come kind of gonna. Compare. I'm just looking but, at the calendar of what's come out this year, right? I think you've got Assassin's yeah. Creed. I think God of War will definitely be in there. Um, I think uh, the other other Assassin's Creed was last year. Um, yeah, and no, like it, Assassin's Creed Origins got like no awards, and I hated it. Yeah, because uh, that game think, was fucking great. Yeah, I think it got totally snubbed. Because um, but I think you also was, had like. Horizon Zero Dawn and uh, Zelda last year. So. Right. Um, you know when you when you stack it up against those, you've got a little bit of a you got a little bit more competition. I think the 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 interesting thing when you look at the calendar, there's I just this fall excluded because all of the games. I feel like this is a bit of weird console cycle because we're five years into it at this point, and we just haven't had like the super memorable experiences yet year after year. And we're just now getting there. Hmm. Um, in my opinion, like, and maybe that's just me getting a little bit older, um, <laughs> being a little bit, being, being a little bit more curmudgeonly. Um, sure. I don't, I don't and, think that's the case. And not having, and not having, and not having enough time, right. To put into the games. Like, uh, I did. You know, oh, sure. Two kids that are getting older that are getting into extracurriculars yep. and, you know, I'm trying to get back into coaching, uh, lacrosse and stuff like that. But, you know, it's, yeah. it's uh, a matter of time, but I think it's, I have yet, and I think we've missed some of those key, uh, and this is also the first generation I haven't owned both a, both consoles, so I've missed some of those experiences. Yeah, um, I need to get in on that. I do, but now luckily I've got this beast of a computer underneath of me, so I won't miss some of those that I want to play uh, that maybe don't come out on Xbox, but come out on PC. Um, so yeah, we'll see. I think... The end of this year, though, we're going to have a ton of people, a ton of games that are coming out, both on the indie front and on the uh, and on the big AAA polls uh, that are going to just blow us away. Uh, Red Dead being sure. the biggest. Uh, and then you've got your tent poles that are going to come out like Assassin's Creed and your Call of Duties and whatnot. But uh, we'll see. I'm mm, like the Call of Duty and Assassin's Creed are in the same category. No, no they're not. Um, I'm just saying as far as tent poles are concerned. Um, sure. Yeah, your yeah. yearly franchises. Yeah. yeah. I'm just watching this um, gif over and over and over again of the six shooter to shotgun, uh, and I I need to turn it off because I. I it's really good. It. It's really good. Uh, there's so much of that trailer that was super good. The first vista you see when he's on horseback and it's you see the mountains in the distance. Unbelievable. Yeah. So, what I wanted to talk about at length this uh this sit down this episode of the good old bounty board i'm gonna lean back i'm gonna kick back a little bit gonna, relax relax i'm gonna get comfy stop you, so, you look so you look so relaxed in your chair so, I'm, that's that's what uh that's what four days in the country will do man it'll relax you i mean yeah, I, was, I gotta adjust I, my camera so you can still see me i was so i was so in the country that there was a good portion where my cell phone 
literally had no service at the top. That's nice. Mm-hmm. Like, How there, was, feel? there was no tweets going off. There was, like, no connection outside of what was in the Suburban uh, between, you know, my parents and my wife and my kids. Uh, it was how, just, how did that feel? It was, it's unbelievable to just unplug in that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, to just like not have to worry about it, it. Yeah. It, you just, you forget because there's so much white noise around you all the time. Yeah. Um, you know, whether it's checking emails or worrying about what you're going to do or looking at your, you know, your list for the week of the shit you got to get done both for work and personal. It's just, it's nice to just get back to a simpler state of mind and just have that reset. And, you know, I encourage everybody to, you know, take that time. Um, sure. If you're fortunate enough to get it. Yeah. Get out and, uh, uh, what's the word? What's the word? Decompress, yep. recharge, mm-hmm. all that stuff, mm-hmm. all those cliche terms for relaxing and shit. So game of the year is something that's been brought up a lot recently and the reason i wanted to talk about it is because everybody kind of has a different take on what it is but further than that i also wanted to talk about kind of what we each look for in terms of games you know that end up on the lists at the end of the year uh the video game awards are i used to say slowly but i think more recently are pretty quickly becoming like games version of the Oscars gaming's version of the Oscars. They're getting more and more traction. They're getting more and more attention and uh, they have a little more respect than, you know, the first time they did it and like people watched it, but so that, you know, with those coming up in December, which that's weird that that's only four months away with those are coming up in December and the fall lineup of games starting in about a month in a big way. I thought it'd be good to sit down and kind of talk about what it is we think belongs in uh, the running for awards. And then overall, you know, what game, what makes a game game of the year? Cause it's different to everybody. So what, what makes a game of the year for us? Yeah. I, th- um, I think that's interesting. I think we should first try and define a little bit on what, you know, what our criteria for game of the year is because you know yeah for me yeah and we talked about this a couple episodes ago like the 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 proclivity especially i have these days on buying a single player experience like i usually don't play single player experiences right when they come out because there's always something pulling my time where i could play with my friends Um, yeah so i miss uh i miss out a lot of those single player things that we would consider game of the year experiences because I don't have that drive to play them anymore because there's a serious time commitment. Um, And then I would much rather get in with my, get in with my friends uh, and be playing with them, you know? Uh, So it's, it's it's interesting. So what are our, what what is our criteria for game of the year? What what are we, what is, what does bounty board think? Game of the year should be. (laughs) That's the tricky, that's the tricky thing about this award, right? Because, for, you know, indie game of the year, I guess, an action game of the year, an RPG and live service game, all the stuff that, you know, I listed in the notes for you beforehand. Mm-hmm. All that stuff has an additional, uh, an additional, cri- or uh, what's the thing I'm trying to, I've had a loss for words for most of tonight. Mm-hmm. What's the, you know, the thing I'm trying to come up with? They, th- those each have a condition attached to them. That's what right. I'm trying to say. So, like, Indie Game of the Year, oh, I'm looking at only these. And so it's easier to kind of parse through. Game of the Year, because it's so all-encompassing, I think it's difficult to 
have just one criteria, but to answer your question, instead of dancing around it, like a turd. What's up, Smurf? Smurf just jumped in the chat. What's up, Smurf? Um, to to answer your question, I think that a game of the year is defined by a couple of things. Um, and I'm holding up three fingers, so a few things. Um, overall impact of the game. Uh, whether or not the game did something different for games, and whether or not that game will impact how games are made going forward. So define um, define so, impact, right? Because if you think about this, and we're, right, I'm, I'm yeah, drawing yeah. I'm drawing back to our our last conversation where our impact where we talked about we're comparing to Hollywood, right? I would argue that impact wise, the superhero movies have a much greater impact, you know, from a financial standpoint on things and just a sheer yeah. number standpoint than anything else that's put out. But you've, ne- you will never see those in the best picture uh, category. Uh, sure. Yeah. Ever- I don't mean fiscal impact. Okay. For so sure. I can, okay. we can disqualify that. Okay. Yeah. I don't mean, I don't mean fiscal impact. Uh, if you look at games like God of War, the, like God of War or mm-hmm. the games that were in the running last year, like uh, Horizon Zero Dawn and uh, Zelda, those games had, were impactful because they like, everyone was talking about them. Um, a lot of people played them that wouldn't ordinarily play them and people bought systems to play them. Right. Right. So like, both Horizon Zero Dawn and Zelda sold PlayStations and Nintendos, respectively. God of War sold PlayStations, uh, respectively. So I don't. I mean, that's that so sounds fiscal, that, but I don't. Yeah, I don't yeah, mean. I, I don't say, mean. That's that's a total no, so fiscal I, impact on you know. That's kind of almost contradictory. No, because what you were saying with like the impact that Marvel movies have, that's almost solely based on tickets sold, right? And tickets sold and consoles sold are different because the tickets pay the people that made the movie. Consoles do not pay the people that made the game. Buying the game does. And so I don't specifically mean game sales. I mean, people go out of their way to make sure they can get their hands on it. Um, And that's something that doesn't happen super often. So there's that as one facet of impact. The other part is the way it's received, right? So there's very few games that I would argue have a large impact that don't have good Metacritic ratings. And there's, I don't know, man, like the storm around God of War and watching, um, how did I just forget his name? Watching Corey Barlog mm-hmm. open up his computer to look at his, at the Metacritic for the game. And then like him start crying, uh, stuff like that. Right. Where the entire community is kind of gravitated around this one game and they only talk about it because it's it's impacted them very greatly. Right. That's kind of the definition of it. Um, So, yeah, I guess to break down impact, it would be how hard do people try to get their hands on it? Um, And how how well is it received? I think I think impact has a different impact has a different connotation to me, right? Because we're getting to a point where you look at a game like God of War, you look at last year, like Horizon Zero Dawn, uh, and even Zelda to an extent, right? And we're starting to see, and I think a game that will absolutely get a, even though it didn't receive that much play, and I don't think people went out of their way to play it, but I still feel that it should get 
a game of the year, at least nod or nomination is uh, Detroit become human, right? Because those types of games are what I consider impactful because not only are they from a game, from a gameplay standpoint, uh, we're also discounting last of us Two. Is that that's this year? No, no, that's not the show. Last of us, last of us didn't get a date. Um, Nothing at PlayStation's conference at E3 got a date. That's right. Um, (laughs) But I still think, you know, pushing the genre forward as an art form, right? Because I think we're now to a point where technology is there. Interaction is there. And going back, you know, a couple episodes ago, we're starting to get those, you know, those moments of, you know, you've got enough people culturally playing these things where it's like, Oh shit, I just got to this point in this game that like i you know i think back to like reading the dark tower where i've you know done it a couple times now and i I think about it from a cultural standpoint the way it's impacted me where the point where storytelling and is get getting to the point in gaming where that type of impact uh is a hundred percent a thing and going to need to be recognized when we're talking about a game of the year like is this the action game of the year which we'll get to uh, you know, the subcategory is this a multiplayer game of the year? Is this a indie game of the year? Like, what type of storytelling impact? Um, you know, is this from a strictly a campaign single player uh, point of view, or you know, are we taking that multiplayer element? Because if we're taking that multiplayer element, even though I haven't played it, I think No Man's Sky next, uh, or whatever the hell it's called, hundred yeah. percent should get be there but... somewhere. I mean, maybe that's the comeback. Uh, award, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or the what's the one they gave out last year? Ongoing game award, right? The one that just like keeps adding stuff and keeps doing. Because I don't think No Man's Sky could win Game of the Year, right? Because it came out in 2016. But but at the same time, there's a very strong argument a lot of people are making that Fortnite might deserve to be Game of the Year this year, because it has literally been the biggest game in the world for the better part of the year, like since like january even february and like when you but then at the same time that seems to be going from like a e3 game of the show kind of standpoint right because game of the show at e3 isn't the best game you saw it's the game everyone talked about because uh most people gave cyberpunk 2077 like the game of e3 game of the Mm -hmm. show right no one got to play it very few people got to see the footage of it so few that it's actually not public. Like we've yeah. only been able to hear people talk about it, but it won game of the show because like no one could shut up about it. And everyone was excited about it. Right. And you could argue that PlayStation's whole lineup of games deserved game of the show, but they did. They, you know what I mean? Like they didn't mm-hmm. actually get it. Because... No, I so the, that argument kind of seems to be what's kind of behind Fortnite's whole. It deserves game of the year. Everyone was talking about it. Tons of people played it lots of media coverage like you had people like ninja on national television like talking about how much they make what they do so i mean as a game that impacted the industry or brought you know eyeballs to the industry sure fortnite deserves to be up there but i don't it's hard to tell because that game's technically not a full release yet too right so do games that are in beta get game of the year recommendation or do you have to be a 1.0 what i don't know i mean i think in the world where we live in now you have to give credence to those type of games right i mean fortnite wasn't 
Fortnite Battle Royale is not 1.0, but Fortnite is. <laughs> so are we talking about Fortnite, which I don't think is yeah. ever going to be there, uh, but Fortnite, the Battle Royale mode is, you know, had that mode never came out, nobody would be playing Fortnite. Nobody That's would know kind of, yeah, is. absolutely. No, uh, you know, I, I nobody still... was nobody was playing Survive the Storm. No, <laughs> like, um, it had already died out. No, yeah, I had I have a couple of friends that still play the single player mode, um, just because they enjoy it. But uh, from the tactical kind of skill building that it is, but you know, the uh, I think that's a great definition of impact. Is that is the game, and we're again for however many episodes we've done now, we can't stop talking about Fortnite, and we're gonna go an episode. Sure. We are going to go an episode up, in the future where we don't yeah. mention that game. We don't mention next, it. <laughs> next week. Next week. Hold it to us. No don't Fortnite. Don't let us bring out Fortnite. We if we bring out Fortnite. We failed. I, We're I have to dump the, yeah, I'll have to dump the water that I'm drinking all over myself or some shit like that. I'm going to bring it up just so you have to do that now. No, you can't be. <laughs> no, that's not how that works. <laughs> oh, that's not. Oh, damn it. Yeah. So... With those things in mind, right, like, let's look at the games that have been Game of the Year in the past and see if they stick, right? See if you agree. Um, and I should have looked this stuff up, obviously. Well, okay, but, but who's but Game like, of the what, what outlet are we saying? Is the, I'm going is, almost specifically with just the Game Awards. Okay, so, because I was going to um, say, because every outlet, you know, while most of them... Every of them, outlet does it different. Every yeah. outlet has a different set of criteria. We are going to establish yes. our own set of criteria when we sure. name... Uh, or sure. at, the, at the end of the year, um, you know, and, and, and we'll elicit some, you know, feedback from the from the listeners. But I think uh, for the most part, that's where the maturity comes. And I think before we dive into that, we ought to look at the industry as a whole when we're talking about this game of the year stuff is you've got these mega outlets like IGN, Kotaku, Polygon, uh, these kind of sources of truth that the entirety of the gaming world looks at as the beacons right that all do their own you know giant bomb um all you know those guys these, Way, waypoint all that stuff waypoint, yeah. all these guys who all kind of look at these from a different you know a different lens and you know if you think about it you know kind of gleam the cube uh a different way um uh obscure 90s movie reference um gleaming the cube if you haven't seen it christian slater's the man um anyway <laughs> Was uh, was man. no, he still is, still very much is. Uh, yeah, he just does it from like TV now. Fucking Broken Arrow, God, great movie. Um, I'm joking. Uh, with that said, I think it's interesting from that standpoint where the Game Awards. You know, Jeff Niley is that how he's Keeley Keeley. Thank you. I always say Niley for some reason. Jeff Keeley has done a great job, and he's done a whole shit ton of work. So much work, man. So much yeah. work trying to bring a standardization to this, like you see in Hollywood, where there is a governing yeah. academy made up of all these different sources. That and it's are, getting there. That it's are, getting there. That are kind of the, the, the single truth of, okay, this is the award, right? Because if I'm, if I'm Steven Spielberg and I win Best Director at the MTV Movie Awards, yeah, that's cool. But I much rather would have that Oscar. Right. So it's getting, I think, right. to the point now where right. we're starting to see that type of standardization where it's like, okay, cool. I won IGNs. I won Kotaku's. I won Waypoints. Yeah. I, you got I your won... Golden Globes and your, and your People's Choice, yeah, but your like cans. the Game Awards, mm -hmm. the Game Awards one. Yeah. I want that one. I want the Oscar. 
Um, yeah, that's what I'm hoping for too. Mm-hmm. All right. So anyway, um, so yeah, so yeah. What I was gonna, the only thing I was gonna do uh, in kind of a way to help us set up our criteria is look at the games that that I remember being the games talked about for the last couple of years. Um, and the first that comes to mind is Overwatch in 2016, winning Game of the Year yep. at the Game Awards. Do you think that game qualified? The year Overwatch came out. Yeah. Would you have Would you have voted for it? Um, personally, no, I would not have voted for it because it, I don't think it meets my criteria. I don't feel that a multiplayer shooter. All right, here we go. Let's I get don't. Into it. I don't feel. I don't. But this is me personally. I don't feel a multiplayer shooter that is only multiplayer meets my criteria, right? Because I want. Sure in my game of the year, the same thing that I look for in uh, when I'm, when I'm looking at the movies over the year and saying, okay, what, what would get Oscar noms for the best picture, right? How did it affect me and how did it have a voice on what's happening in the world? How did it create a story that kind of pulled at my emotional strings a little bit okay, to, to move me forward in not just a, not just a emotional standpoint, but to really make me step back and think, God, that really lets me look at life from a different angle. That lets me look at these stories and have some yeah. empathy for what was going on with these characters and, you know, have some sort of adjustment or perspective in my life. Overwatch, while it was a phenomenal game, it still is a phenomenal game. It spawned, I think, Overwatch, of all the games over the last couple of years, has pushed esports forward in a way that we didn't see coming at all, right? Um, right. Because of the way it's been popularized. I mean, that's the game responsible for the TV deals. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, um, you know, that has brought it there because it's made it very simple to say, okay, here's my, here's my lineman. Here's my receiver. Here's my, you know, here's my running back. Okay. I understand the gameplay mechanic. Let's go. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Um, but from a cultural standpoint, I don't think it was, uh, I don't, I personally don't think it was game of the year and I don't see, um, I don't see that being a thing where Fortnite would take it either looking at that regard, right? Like the mechanics are cool and interesting and the success of Fortnite is not with, I mean, you, you can't argue it, but I don't think from a cultural standpoint, it's done anything to push the genre forward. It's still, it's basis level, a shooter. You don't think it's done anything to push gaming forward though? Honestly? I think it's. I mean, look at look at how many people watch the streams and how many people. I think I think it's pushed. About it. I think it's pushed gaming forward as a into the mainstream more. I don't think it's done anything to push gaming forward okay. as as an art form, right? As a as a as a as looking at something. Oh from, wow! Through, okay, through a critical lens, at Fortnite's base level, it's still a shooter, and shooters have been there. Yes, it added a really cool, slick build mechanic that changes the moment-to-moment yeah. moment gameplay. No, um, but you're looking for something that establishes games further as an art form. Correct. That's Which, a big deal. Okay, because that's, that's something that's a that I... much harder thing to do, and I think that's why I've already given Red yeah. Dead Game of the Year this year, because... I think from a from a from a if you only play Red Dead, I I would almost go out on a limb and say, don't do any of the side quests, don't do anything, and I probably will. I will probably play that game the first time I play it through. I will do just story mission, just to make sure through, make sure I get through the story. I won't do any side quests unless they're like additive to the story. Oh man, 
I have a feeling that game is going to be so I'm going to be so deep in that game. Right. It's not going to matter. I'm going to do everything <laughs> and then play through. Two. Well, the problem I have with those games is, you know, I'm so ADD with that shit is if I uh, and that was the reason I it took me so long to finish Skyrim is because I started, stopped, started, stopped. And I finally sat down and said, OK, yeah, I'm yeah. only doing story missions on this playthrough so I can get through the story. Uh, and I think if I don't do that with Red Dead, I'll never finish it. Yeah, see, that's how I played Origins, right? I, I played Origins, so th- I guess Origins is kind of the way I play all of my open-world action-adventure games. Um, and I'm talking about Assassin's Creed Origins, mm-hmm. for people that aren't sure. I will do some story missions, and then when it opens up a chunk of the map, I'll explore that chunk, and then do whatever side missions I come across. I generally find a thing that I kind of tack onto and just kind of wipe that out. And if I get bored while I'm doing it, I jump back into the story and do story until I feel like i've gone too far in the story and not done enough around it well that's something that i'm sure i might be i might be growing out of that that that's counterintuitive i feel a little bit and i feel that's why our open world games suffer and lose people is it almost becomes if you do it that way because i played origins very mechanically i went to an area i opened up the area i did the story mission until i got side quests in the area i did side quests and then i advanced the story and it comes to a point in those games where you where you become so overpowered because you're doing the story missions because you're doing side mission side mission especially with the rpg elements mm. that assassin's creed yeah the creed added yeah sure, by the time sure. i got to the 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 final area of that game it didn't even matter if i stealth didn't even matter anymore it kind of took the fun out of it because i was just walking around with legendary gear that was 10 to 15 levels higher than everybody and i was just like yep sword whack you're dead sword whack you're dead i don't like you you're dead yeah see i there were ways to break that game but the only ways that i found to break them were using cursed weapons i see i thought i almost interrupted my own thought in the middle of my sentence so i had to finish i thought assassin's creed origins did a tremendous job of balancing uh level gating the world because that's a that's a tedious thing right because mm-hmm. you can do the wrong way where people are like Wait, I have to be ten levels higher to do this mission, and that's going to take me three hours. Fuck this, and I never come back. I only ran into a few age-gated sections where it was like, I can't hurt anybody here. I should leave. But for the most part, it was just like, oh hey, there's a side quest. I'll go do that. So I always stayed, you know, one or two levels above, and that was part of my part of my my process of making sure I didn't do too much on the side. If I got like two or three levels above what I was supposed to be doing in the campaign, I jumped back in and then made it to where I was even with it again and then did side stuff. See, that's um, a matter. That's a, that's a, I, th- I feel that's a little bit of a double edged sword in development, right? If you get, and I'm not saying there's a right or wrong answer to it, right? And it's a risk that, uh, you know, as a, as a gameplay designer, as a, you know, when you're thinking about this as, you know, the gameplay designer, you have to say, okay, well, am I going to give, Am I going to completely level gate this? And we could talk about, like, I feel like Darksiders is going to be, and as I'm playing through the first Darksiders again, you know, there's no way to really do that, right? You're kind of locked into this. uh, And granted, Darksiders is a much more linear experience, arguably, than, you know, Assassin's Creed. Um, But, uh, you know, you're never at a point where, uh, and this is the same for God God of War, making it a little more relevant, right? You're never... God of the War. God of the War. Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry. That's fine. Um, <laughs> you're never really moving past what your current skills are, and you're not going to get to this area 
where you can blow up the ice wall unless you go forward in the game and then come back to it, which is a very kind of Metrovania. Um, yeah, you know, yeah, it's it. old school, like uh, like Zelda. Zelda did that, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, God of War, where like you weren't really leveling up, but like if you got something that you got during the campaign that you were like, huh, I wonder if that would work, and you went back and tried it, it would work. Um, See, I looked at the cursed weapons in Assassin's Creed almost like skulls in Halo, right? Because oh, dude, add, I loved them, but they, boy, they, did they make you a glass cannon. Yeah, they 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 added a unique challenge to the gameplay, and I think they were brilliantly uh, implemented. Oh, man, there was a moment when I, I used a, a spear that, like, did, like, 300% damage and gave me a third of the health. Yep. And I did it right when I set the game on hard. Yep. So I literally thought hard just took two chunks of my health bar away. <laughs> and I was like, how the fuck do I fix this? But I was destroying most things. There were just, you know, those big guys that take a little bit that would hit me like twice and I'd be dead. Yep. Um, I loved the cursed weapons. They were great. Yeah. I think it was a cool but, system. Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, so how did we get to talking about Assassin's Creed in so much depth? Um, well, we were talking about game of the year criteria and like what, yeah, you know, yeah. how, how we, bring, oh, yeah, it back. Okay. I, 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 we, the original question was Overwatch a couple of years ago. Do I think that should have gotten game of the year? No, I don't. Um, okay. I, I and don't. you, so yeah, that's what it was. You brought up that it, it didn't, uh, move the gaming forward as an art form, which is interesting because I would argue that games as art is probably still a niche demographic right there's a good portion of games that come out as art right and i mm, but that's let me redact very, that let me, very, let me redact that very let me redact that too very subjective yeah let me let me pull that back all games are art some art isn't great some art is utilitarian mm-hmm. some art is abstract mm-hmm. whatever if we're going to use art as the uh thing to compare it to we got to use all the facets of art right so call of duty is utilitarian art it's more like graphic design than it is a Rembrandt, right? Um, <clears throat> and then games like Horizon Zero Dawn are big, beautiful murals, and games like uh, Celeste, right? Mm-hmm. Games like Celeste are like little Mona Lisas or whatever, yep. if we're going to use that specifically. So I like that idea, but I think, hmm. Shouldn't that just be a game best game as art category? Or is that minimalizing what it is minimizing what it is too much? Yeah, I think that minimalizes it way too much. I think that takes a you know very fine brush and just kind of paints a very fine line. It's not broad enough. Because if you if you limit if you but if you limit it to the game that's the most artistic, that's a very objective, which sure, that's okay. Awards are allowed to be given objectively. Or subjective. Yeah, I think it's very subjective. Uh, it's definitely subjective, not objective. That's no, that's what I meant. Subjective. Uh, and that's okay. Awards are allowed to be given to things based on subjective uh, qualities, qualifications. But if that's the case, like I would argue in 2016, I have a list of the biggest games from 2016. The artistic, the games that I would call artistic would have been The Witness by Jonathan Blow. Phenomenal. Uh, super Hot. Mm-hmm. Stardew Valley? Yeah. Absolutely Firewatch. Oh, 100%. That game was uh, 
still to this day, I'm just like, oh shit. I think um, Quantum Break, Oxen Free, and did I say Uncharted Four? Yeah, I think Uncharted Four is your, you know, I think if we're, you know, Uncharted Four is your popcorn movie, right? Uh, Man, there was so much, there was so much depth to that game. There was popcorn. But I, I understand there was depth to the game from a, a gameplay mechanic and whatnot. But if you think about that, and you know, you draw the comparison, right? Uncharted is, and even like looking at what Nathan Fillion just did with that fan film, right? Um, praise, uh, praise that man. Yeah, <laughs> bless, bless love, that man. Love, love Nathan Fillion. Shout out. He's great. He's uh, hands down my favorite actor. He's just also phenomenal. the the true Nathan Drake. If yep. they make a movie without yeah, him, I'm he, ashamed. Yeah, he he has to be Nathan Drake. There is no the first the first words he spoke in that in that short he made. I was like, ah, yep, it's Drake. Yep, it's Drake. It has to be. Um, I think, but going back to, you know, you, you can't, we can't compare this and I'll, I'll, I'll step back a little bit from what I said, right? You can't look at this solely from the subjective angle, right? Because I would love to say, okay, because my, what I consider art is, I would imagine you and I share a lot of similar interests and a lot of similar, you know, a lot of things, but you and I yeah, have a, sure. a, lot, a lot of difference, which is why we can have this podcast. Right. Um, and have, you know, what I consider stimulating conversation once a week, you know, <laughs> Hey man, uh, if we keep doing it, more people will start liking it. Right. I'm sure. Uh, but my, the point is, is, you know, there's a whole nother layer because watching a movie is a totally different experience. And when you're looking at a movie from driving something forward, culturally, it is a one way interaction, right? You are, you are what you sit there in the seat and you watch the film and it has an emotional you you it, it plays on your emotions from everything from the way the lighting is done the acting the music everything else yeah With games you also have to take into account the fact that somebody is holding a controller and how well did that game mm -hmm. touch you and i think the adult the age-old adage is you know you know we're not we haven't even touched on graphics yet right and i i think Eesh. from that's my a, that's a, the tricky one right from my Cause... standpoint graphics shouldn't even enter to the equation right because i have played oh, games okay, good. that have Woo. i i've played games that have had awful graphics um yeah that have well, been just mind-blowing experiences um yeah you know, you know and but... like awful graphics is even a, even subjective right because right. It's not. They weren't trying to look awful. They were just using sixteen bit. Yeah, they were. They were taking their brush, if you will, and they told the story in the way that they wanted to tell it. Great example yeah. is that game you and I dumped an inordinate amount of hours into, just battling each other in Tokyo Forty Two. I still think. Yeah. That is that game's art style is fantastic. It's phenomenal. And it's very good. It's stick figures for. You know, lack yeah. of a better phrase, and you but and like I, like the world is built so creatively. You yeah. know, you're not wrong. Yeah, you're not it, wrong at all. It, you and I spent so much time, and it wasn't even that we were playing with a bunch of people. We were literally just in one-on-one -on -one matches. <laughs> yeah, and we were using like those the like the car show floor maps. Where we're hiding among people and shit. Yeah, it was. Oh, it was, it was so good. And we just couldn't tell where each other were, and it was just the way that game was built. And I think that is a cool mechanic that artistically. Yeah. Um. Makes me want to play that game again. Yeah, I know. I kind of want to redownload it now and play it um, <laughs> artistically. But then there's games like um, what was that uh, isometric strategy game that was in feudal Japan? Um, uh, Shadow of War. Oh, yeah. Shadow Warrior. Yeah, Shadow Warrior. I think was that game was 
fucking great. That game, from a storytelling standpoint. Wait, ran, not Shadow uh, Warrior. That's Shadow wrong. of War. Shadow. It's called Blades of the Shadow Tactics. Blades Shadow of the Shogun. Yeah, Blades of the Shogun. Thank you. Um, yeah, that I, game's fucking sick. The story in that game was phenomenal, but uh, I think it. I think that told one of the. Be- I think that had one of the best stories. But the problem is, is with those type of games, you have to work at it to get to that story, right? If you are not good yeah. and you try and bull your way through a couple of those levels, you're never going to unlock the story and you're just going to get frustrated and give up. So I think there's a... Wait, are we talking about the same game? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was the is isometric the... game where you had the different characters and each one... Oh, I didn't know you played that game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that game was fucking great. Yeah, it was awesome. There, was, there, was, there wasn't even like you couldn't go through, you couldn't barrel through those levels and get the story. In most cases, you couldn't barrel through those levels. No, not at all. But that's... You, that's... If you, if That's, you got caught, you were fucked, and you had to save scum, basically, so you could just, like, yeah. take chances on shit and hope you didn't die every time. But that's that kinda, game's fucking great. Yeah, that's kind of my point, though, is you've got... It's a really fine balancing act, and I think that's why games have had such a hard time centralizing around a standardized award process, is sure. because with unlike with movies and television, where it is a very much a... You, you know the interaction medium. It's somebody in a chair on a couch, and that's the end of the conversation, and they're watching, right? They can't interact. They're taking on emotional. They're writing it. Where games, it's, okay, now all of a sudden, just because Fortnite is uh, doing so phenomenal, right, and it is arguably the best, uh, it is arguably the hottest game on the market right now, um, subjectively to me, I, I can't stand that game. Like, I don't, I, I understand yeah. its success. I like its success. It's good. It's moving video games forward in the mainstream and bringing more people into the medium, which is also ultimately a great thing. Yeah. But I, and maybe it's just because I'm bad at it. Um, <laughs> but. Uh, <laughs> oh, I'm so bad at yeah, it. Yeah, that's, that's, that's why. When I, you know, conversely, when we play our other, you know, game that is almost more like catharsis, it's almost cathartic at this point in PUBG. I'm good at PUBG and not good at PUBG yeah. on PC. I'm good at PUBG on Xbox, which makes us yeah. even more of a minority. And when I die in PUBG, I don't feel like it's because I got outplayed. I feel like it's because I made a bad decision. No, I, I, when I right? die, in, yeah, when I die in PUBG, I feel like it's because of server desync, desync, and <laughs> in the game, not yeah. because I made a bad either, decision. Either the game fucked me, or no, that's literally it. If you're good at PUBG, and this is gonna sound this is going to sound like I'm hoisting us up by our own petards or whatever the fuck. If you're good at PUBG, people don't kill you. Right. <laughs> the game kills you. Right. Exactly. Right. Like you get fucked by a zone or you don't find any loot or you try to do something and it doesn't work. Right. <laughs> and maybe we're not actually good. We're just good enough that that's what we run into. Potentially. But whatever. All right. Uh, back to topic. No. Yeah. Back to topic. So, uh, I agree with you on, on almost everything you've said. It makes a lot of sense. And the only thing I think I might have a little bit of a disagreement with is the the fact that like m- movies in choosing best picture don't have as diverse a group of things to pick from as games. Because no, they don't in terms of interaction, right? But that's, again, a, a facet that's not even a part of movies. But movies, like the last three movies that have won Best Picture are wildly different. True. 
Um, and that's not to say that there aren't some similarities between them, like just looking at them at a glance, all three are dramas. So they're in the same genre. But at the same time, like, I think adventure games win game of the year more often in the, in, you know, game award people that give game of the year awards most of the time it goes towards an adventure ish game right you had witcher in 2015 Oof. you've got i still haven't fucking played that game and i hate myself Hold um, on, pause what podcast over <laughs> we're not friends anymore not no friends. i got to know i got to novigrad um but i was working at starbucks at the time and i was working at like four in the morning you, you that was you that period to, of time where we never hung out you got to novigrad you haven't even played the game <laughs> No, no, I haven't, dude. I really haven't. I own the complete edition, so I'm like, I'm going to get through. You need to go. Yeah, you you gotta go play that before. That's your task before Cyberpunk comes out. So you got a little bit of time. I do. I've got got a couple. couple You gotta play that game. No, it's my January backlog game. It's the first thing I'm getting into once I get tired of everything that's out. But um, you know, you got you got Witcher, and you what? That's an impossible task because you've got the fall coming up, and you've got. Oh, I know. Red Dead and Assassin's Red Creed. Red Dead, and... Assassin's, Battlefield, yeah. uh, Darksiders 3. I mean, it's yeah. just, it's never ending. And then, the list is, the list is gross. And then right it's into six... that, and then right into that, it, you know. Oh, fucking Anthem is in February. Anthem Son of a bitch. <laughs> and then it's, and then a couple weeks after Anthem, it's The Division 2. Um, and not on top of that, we've got Forza, mm. right? Which will be at an in- oh shit, Forza soon, right? Yeah, it's, it's uh, next month. Oh my god, yeah, I'll get to Witcher someday. I promise, yeah, yeah, I yeah. promise you, Geralt, I'll get there. But what I was trying to, to articulate, right, is that they're wildly different when you think of Horizon Zero Dawn's setting and its characters and mm-hmm. the way it looks, and Witcher setting characters, way it looks. And now Red Dead Redemption's characters, way it looks. But they're all, you know, open world action adventure games. Sure, Witcher has more RPG elements. Sure, uh, Horizon has more. I don't, you know what I mean? Like, they but, all change a little bit. But even I, but I'm, like, I'm, I'm, but what I think, uh, what I'm getting at here is, is there's a common theme if you look at those, right? They all have, every one of those games you just brought out has an RPG style element, right? Witcher being. An RPG, sure. Horizon, Horizon still RPG had, as well. had uh, RPG elements. Um, oh, it Red, was mostly RPG. Yeah, Red Dead. And Red Dead will arguably have RPG elements, right? You'll be able to unlock better skills, more. You know, you'll be able to get more powerful guns. Well, you um, can impact story and shit now too. Right, exactly. Uh, the decisions that you make are there. I think ultimately, we're RP- RPGs win Game of the Year is what we're saying, right? I don't necessarily think it's RPG. I think you're starting to get to a point now where the systems, the technology, the gameplay, where RPG is slowly becoming a genre that is, you know, it's so mixed now because everything has quote unquote RPG in it, RPG elements, right? Like even, elements, right? Even Assassin's yep. Creed Origins had RPG elements in it. I would very much root that game in the action game oh yeah that game wasn't an rpg because but, the the key of being an rpg is right you get to impact the story you get to play a role mm-hmm. it's a role playing game so that people you stretch that term or use it liberal very liberally, liberally. very yeah liberally. they use it liberally um so like is it 
What was I gonna say? What was I gonna say? So yeah, like you can impact story in Witcher, you can impact story in Horizon, you can impact story in Red Dead. So is that is that it? Ah, man, it's tricky, right? Because I to go back to my first part, the first part of the, the discussion, I think Overwatch deserved game of the year for a couple of reasons. Um and I think they still kind of fit in with the three criteria I set out. The first being um, it has to have an impact on the industry. Mm-hmm. It has to do something better than any other game in the industry. And it has to do something that pushes the industry what, further. What, it did, what think, did it do better? Balanced, hero-based, competitive multiplayer. It was a very small niche genre, sure. Then, then why did Dota and League of Legends and Smite and all of the other hero none of those none of those existed on none of those existed on so now they created none of those existed on what you cut out sorry none of those existed on console so now are we saying that you have to in order to even be in the running for a nod exist on console nope yeah dangerous dangerous you're right you're right there's a couple folks in chat that i know are pcmr uh you know um so but 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 i think that overwatch did a lot for for esports and it was built well and it maintained its its balance by constant community involvement by the developers i don't know you know what? I'm hmm, no, no, I'm gonna I, backtrack. I'm, no, 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 I'm going to backtrack. I'm going to backtrack because don't backtrack. I'm going to No, cuz when it when it won, when it won I disagreed. I'll I'll say that. When it won, I disagreed. I thought it was bullshit. I remember sitting at home, sorry, there's thunder on my end. That's what that rumbling is. I can't I, I can I, turn the gain down on my microphone but I can't even I can't even hear it. Okay, good. Maybe I'm just hearing it cuz I can hear like all little noises. Um I remember when it was announced as game of the year, I thought it was bullshit because like I listed things a minute ago, like all of those fucking games came out that year. The division was out that year. Deus Ex was out that year. The last guardian was out that year. Firewatch, Titanfall 2, XCOM, Uncharted 4. Like I was like, what the fuck? Overwatch. It's a fucking multiplayer game. There's no campaign. Um, And I think, that kind of lines up with your argument, but I also think maybe we need to think about things a little differently because single player isn't as big as it was. And I guess you could argue that it's coming back. And we had this conversation a couple of pod, couple episodes ago. You could argue that single player is coming back in a strong way because of all these amazing games that are doing it. But I don't think not having a single player by itself means exclusion from game of the year. No, I don't. I, I don't. I don't disagree with that point at all. And that's not at any point what I'm saying is if you don't have a single player, you should not get game of the year, right? I think if we look at our criteria and we say, okay, impact on the game industry, if we say, you know, furthering gameplay in some way, right? I think Overwatch, I agree with you, did a lot of those things. To me, I don't think, and it's the same reason that I cannot, and, you know, gameplay mechanics aside on League of Legends, right? Um you know, it's the same reason I can't get into like League of Legends. I can't get into the Dota's. I can't get into games like that. It's because they're just, it's, it's a lot of, you know, yo, it's all meta. It's all meta where Overwatch kind it's of, still took, a lot of meta. It, it is, but it, you, st- but if yeah, you, you're right. 
I played yeah. one character and only one character, and I made it work across Soldier the 76 board. over here. Yep. Danny, Danny played, Glass, Soldier 76. Yep. Soldier 76 was the only character I played, and I made that oh, work yeah. no matter who I was playing against. It didn't matter if I yeah. was up against Symmetra. It didn't matter if I was up against Genji. It didn't matter if I was up against Reinhardt. I understood how to play that character and that character alone, and there was it didn't matter the meta of the other team. That character for me worked, where I think that's the difference, and that, to me, is why I understand yeah. why Overwatch won Game of the Year, is they took a mentality of that had traditionally been reserved for MOBA, where it was hero-based gameplay, right? It boiled it down and made it yeah. a shooter mechanic, which I'm better at than those isometric kind of locked-in games, and then made it so that if I wanted to play a singular playstyle, I could excel at it. Where you can't. Yeah, they 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 boiled down something that was exclusively a hardcore community-based right. thing. Where and they turned it they turned it into like a core slash hardcore. Right. Uh, it, 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 it was, you know, the old fighting game adage, right? Easy to play, hard to master. I mean, if you really want to get into the meta of Overwatch, you can 100% dive into it, deconstruct the damage per bullet that every character does, look at their skills yeah. and match them up. You still have that mechanic. But from a moving the genre forward principle, Overwatch did it because it opened up the world. It opened up the casual player market and said, okay, if I want to be a bronze player, in competitive play, or I never want to play competitive at all. Oh, I don't dude, I never have, ranked in competitive. Yeah, yeah. I, I never have to, right? Yeah. Um, you know, and I think to Chat's point here is, it gave esports a a bump to the point where it was like, okay, this game, I understand because there's not armor builds and that level. Right now, arguably, Dota still has the most the biggest prize purse of any of the esports games, but it's tough for anybody but the Dota community to watch that because no, oh, yeah. you're, you're never going to understand what's going on. Yeah. You're never going to get the mainstream on board on understanding. Okay. This guy picked character a, and this guy picked character B and these two are matched up in the same lane together. <laughs> well, they're going <laughs> to, now there's all these other different computations that you have to do in your head. Like, okay, well, if I buy the Spear of Destiny, he's got to buy, which the Spear of Destiny has, you know, 15 health regen and 45 armor crit. Well, he's now got to build opposite. That's never going to buy in on the mainstream. Where See, over... I, think that's, I think that's doable, though. It just needs to be... I think I get I get your point. I don't I didn't mean to interrupt. I think I ultimately we're going to get there, but I think that's where if we're talking about Overwatch strictly, that's where it said, okay, the mainstream now says we have hero-based combat, but if I'm a Soldier 76 and I see a Genji, well, I know Genji's going to be able to close the gap on me very quickly, so I've got to drop heals and hit him with a Helix rocket where I think he's going to land. Okay, cool. I did it. Couple more shots, gone. Um, right, right. I under, and for the general masses watching that, they understand what's happening there. And it's the same reason why I enjoy, even though I'm not a huge fighting game player, I enjoy watching Evo every year because it's very simple. You have holy shit, yeah. Dragon Ball Evo this year was fucking great, unbelievable. Dude. Um, shout out to very Echo good. Fox for winning that one. Echo Fox, yeah, yeah. Uh, good old, good old Jace Hall and Rick Fox. <laughs> Love those guys. Um, but it's very simple. You have a character on the right side of the screen. You have a character on the left side of the screen and they are fighting, right? It's the same reason that boxing is still as wildly successful or MMA yeah. is still as wildly in, in successful UFC. as they are. 
because sure. uh, they understand it's at the core fundamental in our reptilian brain. We understand a B fight go. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So if you go from here, right. If we had to lay out what makes a game for us game of the year, what is your part? What's your, what? I just got to follow. Oh, nice. Nice, nice. Good shit. Good shit. Uh, the ASMR does not start on this podcast. Sorry. <laughs> but go ahead. <laughs> yeah. No, uh, no ASMR here. My voice is very soothing, though. So if you yeah, just turn it, it down, if you just turn it down, you'll be good. Um, sorry, everybody listening to the audio yep. later. This is someone uh, in the chat asked when the ASMR started. And as Smurf has said, it's already happening right yes. now. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's it's already it's already happening it's already happening it's already happening um so yeah well what i was trying to get out and i was doing a very poor job of of, of that if you had to if well, how many points do you want to give to our scale nope yes how many points do you want to have in our game of the year checklist Oh, from between between three and ten, we're not doing more than that because that's dog shit. <laughs> no game's gonna check off ten boxes. Yeah, I mean, well, I guess let's just let's just list them, right? You said, and 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 I'm I don't have a pen handy or whatever, but I'll remember this. You said, um, move games forward as an art form. Uh, but I think I I I think that's too broad, right? I think we moving moving games as a genre forward i think is where it should be right not as an art form right does, yeah what does it do to yeah. impact gaming as a as a as a entertainment medium i think okay so that way. sounds okay okay so that sounds like what i was trying to go for uh for with my third my third um pillar on my original right because my original was impact of the game in the community uh, innovation in the game and the game affecting innovation in the community in the in the in the industry right is that kind of the same affecting yeah like the game okay cool all right so what <laughs> that, that moment when you realize podcast over guys see you later <laughs> we solved it we, we figured we it out now. we're done uh this is awesome it's a wonder twins moment yep um so uh i'm curious what uh would you what you would add to it do you think there's anything that needs to be added to because mine was i didn't think it would stick as well as it did i feel like mine was initially a little broad no i think because i think ultimately i look for a couple of things when i when if i'm looking at a, a set of games you know, if I'm looking at a game and I'm saying, okay, would this be, is this my favorite game of the year when I think back on it? You know, did right. I, did I play through it and could I not, you know, is it the type of game that I, you know, and I, and I know that the Darksiders franchise never, uh, and, you know, I'll bring it back up, right? Uh, even better. Diablo, right? Uh, hands down, my favorite, <laughs> my favorite franchise yeah. of yeah. any game ever. Has Diablo ever won Game of the Year? No. Uh, will will it ever? No, I don't think so. 
but is it the it's type got of a very it's got a very niche market it, it, it has a very niche market but arguably some of the you know other games like overwatch doesn't have a niche market but it took a niche style of gameplay and opened it up to the mainstream right sure um sure I just happen to love things that have kind of a, you know, demonic heaven versus hell, you know, kind of goth, if you will, feel to it, because that's the type what? of material that I enjoy reading about. I enjoy researching, you know, stuff like that. Um, so, I don't believe it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I just whispered someone in the chat yeah. just got really hot. Yep. Um, <laughs> is... And I don't think in this, you know, the chat just brought up, you know, computer game of the year, computer role playing game of the year. I don't I think that's all going away. Right. And I brought this up a little bit earlier is because we're starting to see it's opening up in this generation of consoles, you know, this generation, not even consoles, this generation of games. Right. When we get into the next console cycle, if you will, I do I feel like all of these things that we've progressed to move the industry forward, not necessarily gameplay, but to move the industry of gaming forward is are going to start that console, start the next console cycle, right? You've got guys like Phil Spencer, you've got people at, you know, Sony, you've got people on the PC world the the input device in which you're playing games is rapidly becoming not relevant. Right. You're sure. going to when, when the next generation of systems come out, it's not going to matter whether you're on PC and you see it with games like Sea of Thieves. You see it with even Fortnite to extent. It doesn't matter. I'm going to play. I feel like playing on Nintendo devices. OK, cool. Uh, the chat, you guys are playing on PC. We're on Xbox. You know, three other friends are on Sony. It doesn't on a PlayStation device. It's not going to matter. And with cloud computing moving the way that it is, it's it's really not going to matter in you know five to 10 years because the device that you're holding is just going to be an access point. And when the next generation of VR comes out, again, it's just going to be access points to the world in which you want to interact with. And at that point yeah. in time, all of these categories, single player, multiplayer, it all becomes moot, right? There's no longer a point there because- I think you're, okay, okay. It's it's uh, and that's why I have a hard time rationalizing it, because I'm looking 10 years in the future and saying single player, multiplayer, it's all single player is going to go away. As far as I'm concerned, there's going to be points in time where I'm going to carve out a single player experience because I've chosen to not interact with anybody while playing for an hour. But then I'm seamlessly and I think Anthem's going to do this great. Um I think I'm going to be playing single player and then all of a sudden, hey, oh, here's, oh, wait, who's flying in here? Oh, it's Smurf and it's Caleb. Well, now we're yeah. on, now we're on, you know, we've got a guy on PC and, there, you know, I'm not, there's been no cross-platform announced for Anthem and I, there is not going to be. But my, the point being is, is Anthem 2, no, there won't be. Anthem 2, they're very, they're very, very white be. And the second that I can throw on a VR headset and we're all in the same world. It, how do you categorize that? It, you know, but anyway, I'm, this is not the futures podcast. This is the now. <laughs> no, off, so, off of my soapbox. Um, no, um, I, I think so. Smurf did. Smurf did bring up in the chat that apparently Diablo won Computer Game of the Year, Computer RPG of the Year, and Game of the Year in 2001. So Diablo has won awards. I'm not saying Diablo didn't win awards. I'm saying that's a very it won computer game, right? It's 
all oh, Diablo 2. Diablo well, that's because it's Diablo 2. Right. Man, it's Diablo 2. Yeah. That game was right. amazing. But if we think back to, again, okay, that fits right into our argument, right? Is Diablo 2 did something that, one, pushed the industry forward, had a unique story element that was really not around at the time, right? You didn't see that type yeah. of genre of gameplay. It introduced a class system that allowed you to... You know, then I, I understand, and arguably consoles still don't have the capabilities that high-end PCs have. I would argue that the I have an Xbox sure. One X sitting on my desk. I have a PC sitting on my desk. I would argue that my Xbox One X, X is outclassed um, by the PC. Uh, and there, I don't even have, like, super components in my PC. Um, you know, I'm, I'm blessed with enough, you know, that I, I'm able to have a PC that allows me to stream my Xbox very nicely. <laughs> But, yeah, uh, and if I choose to play games on it, um, uh, I can. Uh, but I going back to my original point, I think it's a matter of it's no longer about is it a console game of the year. I think it's just game of the year, right? And the input, especially in the next two three years, is going to become obsolete. Doesn't matter. Yeah, I um I still argue that genre will matter. Not in that like single player multiplayer instance that you're speaking of but i think there it's a important and b i think it'll still exist to have you know a best action game rpg live service sports game battle royale game multiplayer well not multiplayer campaign whatever battle royale but, uh, game that's a that's a new genre yeah and i'm excited there's absolutely no competition between fortnite and, and PUBG right now like that's it and Fortnite's going to win because it's the it's a popularity contest when it comes to Battle Royale, right? Right. And if we're being completely honest in terms of a game and its make, Fortnite's made better. PUBG is a better game to me, but it's broken and flawed. And Fortnite runs smoothly and runs so smoothly it's on five consoles right now, which it, is it fucking runs, absurd. It, it runs so smoothly that Epic has changed their policy on people using the engine and <laughs> how they make money. They've changed their monetization. Exactly. They've changed their monetization policy. That's how smoothly no, that game runs. It's a fucking titan. It's on Android devices like today, I think, or like recently. Uh, Apple devices, Xbox, PlayStation, PC, and Switch. It that's is six yeah. fucking systems. But that's arguably... That game everywhere. That, again, that leads right back to our argument on what is what are our criteria. Did it move did it move – I don't like the gameplay mechanics, but did it do something to introduce a mechanic that moves the industry forward? Absolutely. It took a shooting mechanic no. and added a build function that changes moment-to-moment gameplay in a unique way. Did it do something to move in the gaming industry forward as a entertainment medium? Absolutely. You cannot – I cannot go outside of my house with the kids in my neighborhood yeah. without hearing them talk about Fortnite. There's a dad and people up, and people are playing it on their phones yep, too. There's a dad up the street who plays Fortnite every single night. Um, you know, and he keeps asking me, when are we going to play Fortnite together? And I keep looking at him, when are we going to play PUBG together? And he keeps going, ah, I don't <laughs> like PUBG. I'm not good at it. I'm like, Oh, well, there we go. Um, yeah, vice versa, buddy. Vice versa. And then, and then the third pillar there, I think, I think we've answered our question. Is it a 10 point scale or is it a three point scale? I think, does it meet these three criteria? Right. Is it moving? Yep gaming forward as an entertainment medium 
does it introduce a gaming mechanic that has fundamentally changes the way in which you interact with the the gameplay it changed mm-hmm. the shooter genre, uh, shooter genre we are going to see i would argue in the next and not only the build mechanic did it change i think they perfected the seasonal gameplay mechanic because Jesus. That's, yeah. that's where fortnite yeah, for ultimately sure. has made its money is it's not and games you know, are adopting it already yeah it's not that it made its money because it's it, i mean you go play it for free but every three months, they're releasing a brand new season that people are paying $10, $25, $50 to get into and then buying things inside of that. I think you also saw that with yeah. Fort, uh, not Fortnite, with uh, with Overwatch, going back to that. Uh, I think those... Yeah, are- on, a, on a smaller scale, sure. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. As soon as, um, as soon as Overwatch opened up all their skins to like, oh, you can just buy these now. Right, but that brings in the whole, yeah, the whole gambling mechanic. Uh, which well, yeah, well... Yeah, but in 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 and Fortnite hasn't had that issue because it's not it's never gambling. No, Fortnite's it's, like here, give us fifteen dollars, and if you play and complete these things, you get this. Right. Or if you don't want to do that, you pay five dollars for one skin and just fucking buy it. Yep. Like that's how I want my games to be, right? I yep. want to look the way I look because I paid for it, not because I got fucking lucky. No, so so or I had the, the criteria then, or I have the skill, right? So the criteria we've got are impact in the community. Um, innovation in the industry mm-hmm. and and then an innovation so important that it impacts the industry. Yeah. Okay. That's pretty solid. Go. I like that. I'm kind of proud of myself for throwing that shit out it, off, it's a <laughs> off the cuff at the beginning. It's a triangle. Yeah. yeah, and it's like one of those things you see in like a racing game where you get to see like the triangle fill up more or less yep. on each side. Yeah, yeah. I need to I need to build a graphic for that so that I can put it up on the blog, you know, when I, you know, start posting shit cuz I can write again. I've had by the way, I've had bad writer's block since Comic-Con, so I haven't written about anything in like 3 weeks. Yeah. I hate it. It's yeah. the worst. We'll figure it out. You get it going. We'll get it going. We'll get it going. But yeah, that's a that's a good way to that's a good place to I think cut that conversation off, right? Yeah. We can we came yeah. to our conclusion. We got we it. We got there. And now we can use that rubric to go through a myriad of categories this year. And I'm sure we'll get more, we'll get down to brass tacks a little more yeah. as we get closer to the game awards to try and kind of have a game of the year and game awards podcast of our own before the actual game awards. Yeah. Um, we'll probably have, you know, 10, 15 categories. It'll be a lot of work and you'll probably hate us for talking about it for an entire episode again, but we're going to do it. Yes, we are. Um, we talked about something this episode that makes me that I immediately wanted to talk about next week. That is, what was it? I don't know. Well, no, I don't. I don't remember. Oh, well, <laughs> you said it, and I was like, "Yep, we're going to talk about that next week." That's and I forgot. Yeah, I'm getting old. Oh no, wait, sorry, you're getting old. That's what I meant to say. Ah, uh, yeah, I know, I know, <laughs> but it's okay. You're celebrating your 13th birthday next week, so it'll be fine. Fourteenth. Oh, fourteenth. You're right. <laughs> Do you watch The Office? Uh, I I watched The Office. I have not watched it again. Okay. Uh, Ed Helms' character, Andy Bernard, frequently when people that are in charge are older than him, tell him what to do, he yells at them and then says, Dad. So he'll be like, shut up, Dad. I almost just did that. That's fine. I'll take it. Uh, You're not my dad. You're not my dad. Tell me what to do. Get out of here. You're not my my dad. You're not my dad. Um, Do you have any bounties for, for everybody this week? 
Uh, Anything that stood out to you in the last week and a half? No, because uh, nothing that's really stood out to me in the next, last week and a half because I've been firmly on vacation mode, like I said. And where I was on vacation, <laughs> there was no cell service. Um, so I am slowly coming back to the, the, the civilized world. Uh, which I don't the know. The land of the living. Yeah, which which I don't know how I feel about because I enjoy the outdoors so much. Um, yeah. And mm, where I was, okay. a thousand feet underground, uh, for one of the days was just still. I'm just thinking back on that that whole walk, uh, through that cavern was just unbelievable. Um, just yeah. amazing. So so my bounty is not necessarily for me uh, as I get back into it and probably fire PUBG up here in a minute. Um, but, uh, is, you know, my bounty is a challenge to everybody listening is to take a breath, take a step away and just remember the importance of unplugging from the keyboard and the cell phone and just get outside, breathe some fresh air, go run around. Um, no, that's super good. That's super good. I think it's, it's just, it's, it's something that we forget so much about and how much we have. That's just a car ride away from wherever you are uh, in the States um, to go just get outside and look at a tree or a bird. Yeah. Uh, and just remember, go look at a fucking tree, guys. Um, and just remember that, that that is, it's just, it's awesome. It's truly awesome. Dope. Um, There's no follow-up to that. Just end it. No, there really isn't. <laughs> I, haven't, I, I, I haven't played anything new, super new recently. Um I got an Xbox One X a week and a half ago. Mm-hmm. No, I got an Xbox One X. Oh, yeah. 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 Last Tuesday. Last yeah. Tuesday, not this Tuesday. Um, That's fun. I don't have a 4K TV yet, so I got some super sampling going on, but I don't have true 4K yet. Uh, I'll have to sweet talk the wife into that eventually. Um, Yeah, man. Not much else going on. Um. I went to Pixel Pop. I didn't talk yeah, about was that, that last time. It was pretty good. I uh, regrettably I was kind of tired because you know Chicago and San Diego and yeah, yeah. all that stuff. And uh, I haven't written about it yet, like I said. But Pixel Pop is a good reminder that St. Louis has got a really thriving indie game community, and it it's does. really fun to be there and just be around people mm-hmm. uh, that are in that industry. Um, so there's some stuff that I played there that's going to be coming out relatively soon. That's interesting. Um, and I'll wait a little bit to to elaborate on those until we don't, you know, we're not wrapping up the episode. Um, but yeah, I haven't really played much more than uh, PUBG, Rocket League, and Sea of Thieves in the last couple of weeks. Taking advantage of, you know, all those all solid gameplay, Xbox Xbox exclusives, and and just solid gameplay when it comes to Rocket League. Rocket League is now on Game Pass, so if you it don't is. have it, get it. So the game's great. And if you don't have Game Pass, I mean, and you're an Xbox person, like. Oh, you're missing out. You're missing out. Game Pass. Just, I was, yeah, just, I was just looking it. at the catalog today when I got back, because um, I thought We Happy Few was going to be there, uh, but it's not, uh, which is fine, because I forgot that Gearbox actually has publishing uh, rights Yeah, to Gearbox. That. Yep. Um, everything, everything else they make. Everything else. The, what's that company called? Not the Coalition. No, um, I don't remember the developer. Um but that's kind of cool. Microsoft did not come in and impose their, you know, massive fist um, uh, on yeah. that on that deal. But uh, I was looking forward to that. But I'm not. Uh, like I said, I've got three games uh, that I'm going to purchase uh, this fall, uh, and We Happy Few is not one of them. 
So no, no, not for me either. Um, I'm getting Red Dead. Man, I put together my list. It was like six hundred dollars. Yeah, it's no. ten games, ten nope. to twelve games. It'll be it'll be Battlefield. It'll be yep. uh, Red Dead, and it'll be Darksiders three. Mine be. was like Battlefield, Red Dead, Spider Man, which you don't have to worry about because you don't have a PlayStation yet. But Spider Man's gotta happen. Uh, I'm, I'm getting kind of worried that this may be the first time in a console cycle where I don't own any other console. Um, hmm. And, I, and I, I'm, I'm. You're just not interested in having a PlayStation at all. I, you know, I would love to get a PlayStation. Um, it's just there are other there. There's there's this thing called life. Um, and some people outside of my four walled little office here, uh, that, uh, that are, yeah. that take priority. Um, sure. Uh, and I feel like t- Twitch has gotten to a point where there's enough streamers I follow that play full playthroughs of things. Um, oh yeah. You can and, just sit down and watch it. Yeah. Now. And I think those are, those are like Detroit, Detroit become human. I've watched two people play through that entire game. Uh, and I almost, enjoy that experience as much as playing that game um because the moment that's why i mean that's why that's why twitch is so good man yeah it's become a thing um uh there's some updates coming out for twitch that i'm not quite sure how will will work out uh they're removing the communities um which i think is a thing um that seems that seems counterproductive what, what, what very specific games though what what is go into that more death goon what, what are you what are you what are you getting at yeah who brought up very specific games um but i think uh yeah what going back to as death goon uh re uh brings his thought more full like not all games would be good to watch. Oh yeah, right. Very specific games are very fun to yeah. watch all the way through. Thank you. Uh, yeah, but so there's, I think, a good, like, there's a good there's a good. Well, the thing that I was bringing up and saying Twitch is so good for that is Twitch and YouTube have given people like me and Eric, who you know have families or jobs outside of just playing games, given us the ability to be able to talk about stuff we haven't played with our friends. Yeah, I, we can get on Twitch or we can get on YouTube and we can like watch like eric won't play spider-man he can get on youtube or twitch and watch spider-man played through and be able to talk about it that's cool uh and i think that's why twitch and youtube and and things like mixer are going to have staying power for a long time because as the gaming industry becomes more a accessible b easily distributable and c just bigger we're going to keep getting more shit and like there's it's already impossible to play everything YouTube and Twitch make it possible to see as much as you want. Yeah, and experience things that I would not necessarily. And this goes into, um, uh, uh, you know, some of these single player experiences, which I don't have the time to sit down or the money, um, you know, until you know, Nerdy Bits and Bounty Board become a full time gig. Hey, we're good. We're, we'll make it. I promise um, you. We'll get it. We'll do it. We'll do it. Is uh is you know i think the the point is is you know like uh i think bfa is a, is a great example i will I, I would love to turn back on my wow account and get back into that but i just don't i don't have the time to play those type of games the way i want to play them right which is right um which is a which is a huge thing thank you for that follow death Coon. um uh, which is one of those things where I just don't have the time. I have the time to sit down. I have the time to play a couple of rounds of PUBG. I have the time to play, you know, 
you know, a couple races, get into, you know, dark side or something I may want to play again, but it's not a, you know, it's, it's a, if I could get to the point where I'm playing all day, every day, uh, like I was, you know, 10 years ago, be great. Uh, just not there. Hey man. Yeah. We just gotta, we just gotta keep doing this and, uh, get some, get some traction and then we can, we can play games for work. My dude, Mm. that's a whole, you just gotta get there. Whole different topic. Yeah. And, uh, closing, closing comment. I want to read, um, Smurf. Thanks for being super participative this entire time. And death goon. Thanks for the follow again. Um, I'm sure Eric appreciates it. He already said he did, but you know, just saying, um, what's BFA, uh, battle for Azeroth. It's the new, Oh, fuck. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Um, (laughs) (laughs) well, uh, we'll see. We'll see. Um, but yeah, I wanted to read Smurf's last comment. He said, uh, some games do lend better to spectating than others, but his point next is interesting to me. The next breakthrough will be games that start thinking about the spectator as a viewer of the game. That's a good point. I think because I don't think we're far away from well, I a think... Fortnite scenario where the spectators can vote on what happens in the world next, and then well, it happens. We've already and I got think that. Darwin Project. Yep. Darwin Project started it. But that's a player playing the game master. Imagine if it was a game meant to be streamed, and when streamed, the crowd got voting prompts that then directly impacted the people playing. Yeah, I think and that uh, may be a thing that has to wait until you know games like Darwin Project become esports, where the crowd's actually there and they can have them vote. Yeah, I think I think we're you know, or the the apocalypse happens and we end up with the Running Man. Um, but that's a that's a different. <laughs> Different podcast, yeah. different topic. Uh, yeah. But uh, that's going to do it for us, guys. Thanks so much for listening again. Uh, my name is Caleb. I didn't introduce myself or Eric earlier, but y'all are here. You know who. My name is Caleb. You can find me on Twitter, Xbox, uh, Instagram, PlayStation, Tumblr, all the things as. Ooh, I'm pointing the wrong way. Lub Wub right here on the bottom of the stream. L U B W U B for those of you not here. Eric, how can people find you? Uh, I am hybrid glass everywhere. Uh, Twitch, Twitter, uh, Xbox, PlayStation, even though I don't even have a PlayStation right now. Uh, YouTube. I keep talking about my YouTube channel, which is uh, non-existent right now, just as a house for my Twitch videos that are going to be disappearing. Uh, I just export to that, but I will eventually get that in order. Um, Other than that, yeah. So cool. Thanks for hanging out, guys. Thanks for hanging out. And uh, as Eric said, until next week, go outside and look at a fucking tree. And a bird. <laughs>